let's pretend to be professional podcasters now. Yeah, let's do that. That would be great. <laughs> that would be great. Okay. The Deep Place on creativity and spirituality. My name is Joy Prouty. And I'm Joel McCarrow. Welcome to our podcast. Creativity is more than just the words that we write and the paintings that we paint. Creativity comes out of the deep places within. We're on this journey too, and we're just trying to figure out how to keep making our art that makes a change in the world, that, that, that grows compassion and awareness and brings freedom to ourselves and to those around us that we're sharing our art with and our lives with every day. Joy has like five children and... (laughs) 50 cats and <laughs> <Don't put that. laughs> please don't die. they're not even mine <laughs> Joel is this this Australian wild lion that seems to come out of the, the forest with his giant presence and dreads but then when you look him in the eye you realize he's just a gentle kitten <laughs> Joy has like 50 children and lives in a shack in the middle of Nashville somewhere and is an incredible person. He writes the words that we all can't seem to find within us, but that, that seem like they should have been there all along. He gives us all a path to follow and words to, to hold in our heart like an anchor to pull us from despair. Joy Prouty looks at people like she really looks at people and when she does, it feels as though she's seeing something in you that you didn't ever realize was there and then she goes even further, she draws it out of you. Why did we make this podcast? Well, Joel, you make me brave. When I feel brave, then I feel like I can do something that makes a difference. And so we're here to help everyone really have the understanding that everything they do, every piece of art they make, every word they speak and write, it makes a difference. How did I come to meet you, Joy? Mm. I mean, I'm an Aussie and you are American, <laughs> and yet we're doing things together. We are doing Why things. Why are we doing things together? When, when did mm. I meet you? Well, we met in Colorado Springs, mm. what, two years ago? Yeah. Two years ago now. Yeah. And you performed, you welcomed me home mm. <laughs> with the poem, Welcome Home. Yeah, yeah. Um, Maybe you should do a line or two from Welcome Home. I could even play it right now because you can do that with podcasts. Oh. I'll just say, like, I'm going to play it and now it's going to play. Ready? <laughs> to the artist. 
to those chasers of beauty, to the ones who cannot stop themselves, to the curious, to the inquisitive, to the artist, to those seekers of stories, pens poised on the edges of paper, to the messy ones. To those who go to birthday parties, fleck of paint still plastered through curly hair. To the hopeful, to the determined, to those few who look through lenses to capture moments, see glimpses of what could be. The seagull scavengers stealing what others leave behind to put the leftovers of humanity back together. To the artist. To the 3 a.m. rider scribbling words down on paper every night, every night, 10,000 hours every night. To the singer with a sore throat, bloodied fingers of the guitarist, piano keys worn down to ivory bone. To those who are worn down to ivory bone. To the artist we say, welcome home. Shoes left dusty in the back bits of attics To the cartoon scribbler in the margins of maths books To the memory of crayons and drawings pinned up on fridges To the childhood actors performing in lounge room Backyard front veranda theatres To the students whose teachers took their own failures And transposed them upon you To the burden shoulders the clipped wings and to those who have never tried again to the artist and to those who have forgotten that they are so we say welcome home to those who have never belonged the odd angle of the straight family the misunderstood the colored paintbrush in a black and white world to the misread and the lonely to the artist, to those who see what lies on the underside size of humanity, to the ones who choose to feel, though at times it may tear them apart, feel the things that everyone else is afraid to feel, to those who paint the darkness so that the darkness does not paint them, to the discarded and disregarded, to the Kurt Cobain singer, Van Gogh painter, Robin Williams actor, and Sylvia Plath, poet to the tortured soul, to the blistered feet, to the artist, to those who have never belonged, we say, welcome home. Welcome home. 
do not need to look over your shoulder here. You do not need to compare. No measurement, no success, no failure. Just create. Never give up. Enough with the talking, talking heads of the critics. Critics are only cynics. You start listening only to you. You come home to yourself. Take charge of the dreams you once thought too far past the horizon. The simple joy of being here. The art of creating when you no longer need an audience. Create, because it makes your bones move. Create, because it stirs the fire belly. Create, because you dream. Create, because you see. Create, because the world needs you. Create, because it fills the sails. Then let's go fly a cut. Create. This is what we do here. Create. Because this is who we are here. Welcome home. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome home. I think it's rare to be welcomed home. <clears throat> it's. It takes someone who... Um, who is completely present and is mm. able to see people to offer them a welcome. They have to have endured mm. pain themselves to, to have compassion enough to welcome someone into a space. Yeah. Well, the one line that hit me right when you said it and repeated in my mind and why it kept me looking for how I could keep your art close to me after we were together yeah. was... Um, being worn down to ivory bone. Yeah. yeah. You know, it reminded me that that I was worn down, that I wasn't broken, but that I was worn down, that I could see myself as a treasure, that yeah. ivory was treasure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it and and then after you were finished and you offered uh, if anyone here needs a poem, yeah. uh, I I knew I needed a poem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, it I was so amazed being on a journey of creativity and trying to access the thing inside me that I, I couldn't quite access at that point. I was just in the beginning process of mm. the, be, the, the, the beginning metamorphosis into making art that um, cut, cut deep into ivory bone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, was, yeah. that was where I knew it. It was beginning. Yeah. Um, and so you, you became a guide to me, a teacher that mm. showed me that words had power and that I was capable of remembering that I could write again. Mm. It's, it's hugely something that I like to do at these things, like to offer, to write people poetry, um, which as a, as a poet, a lot of the poetry that I write is, is kind of big and broad, like it's about big things. But I'm finding more and more that the, the more specific I can get, the more universal something becomes, mm. which is kind of feels like it should be the opposite. It yes. should be like the, the more generalized you speak, mm. then the more generalized it can be. But actually what, I'm, what I've found myself doing more and more is writing poems for people and the poems that I'm writing for people, then uh, they become and crafting them into the poems that I then perform in front mm. of thousands of people. Mm -hmm. And it's those ones that seem to move people mm. the most. Like it's those ones that really get in. And so Welcome Home, that poem, it was crafted itself out of being amongst a bunch of people at an at a different creative gathering and hearing 
their heart and their pains and their angst and their confusion and their progress mm. and their hopes and the stuff that holds them back and that they want to tr- move towards freedom and all that kind of stuff and, and trying to get that down, those feelings down, that as they could actually come together in that space and breathe out together mm. and breathe in together, yes. then that, yes. that creates this place of belonging that feels so much like home and so mm. I wrote it for those people and and welcome home has become something that I do to lots of for mm. lots of creative people now mm. but I wrote it for a specific like I have specific faces in mind that it's their story it's it's words that they spoke to me it's mm. things that they said but then it just translates so I love to take people's stories yes. and and craft poetry out of them mm. Well, I, th- it's the most universal because at the heart of it, it's really all the same, mm. right? That, yeah. I mean, you tell that me, but... Your story is my story. That we all have the same yeah. story of yeah. uh, having walls around our hearts and figuring out how to break them down. Yeah. Well, you did that for me mm. when you wrote the poem for so me right. and we just sat across from each other and you said, tell me your story. Yeah. And um, I'm an anxious person, and so I ah, started having a panic, you know, like, start, what is my story? What is the story that I need to tell him that he can pull this thing out that, that, can, that can formulate, take all of my madness or my yeah. stumbling or my, you know, shaking and, and make it into something that feels steady, that mm. can be like an anchor, mm. you know, and that's what that poem has been for me. You know, I told you about a, a whole mess of things and I thought there's yeah. no way this can come together to bring, I needed redemption. Yeah. I needed to, I needed to have someone, you, that we were a stranger that took interest in wanting to give. Yeah. And so, yeah. and I knew I, I needed someone, I needed something, I needed a symbol, I needed an anchor, I needed someone to take my mess and yeah. show me that it could have some sort of purpose, yeah. um, which it, it, it gave me something that I listen to all the time still mm. and share with other people mm. and it brings about something in them. And so, you know, I think this is what we're all, we're getting to is that mm. the work that you create mm. and the work that I create, we hope can bring about the story within the other person. That's right. Yeah. The, the most important art is yes. that that where you don't focus on the excellence of the artist, yeah. but it you then begin to spill out the inside of your own soul yeah. as yeah. as a response rather than reflecting on the art itself. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. That's for me that sits at the heart of all the poetry that I create, of all mm-hmm. the stuff that I do, is how can I how can I slow myself down enough to be present in the moment mm. as I'm talking with someone, mm-hmm. as I'm engaging with someone, or even as I'm out in the world to mm-hmm. slow myself down? And the way that I phrase it in, in workshops and things like that is to, to slow myself down to find the poem that is waiting to be mm. written and to listen to someone's story um, with with really huge ears, as in ears that can listen to the deeper story, ears mm. that are big enough to listen to. So when, when you speak and when you shared your story with me, I am, I am seeking to listen to something deeper. Mm. I'm seeking to tap into a, there's the, there's the, not surface level as in shallow story, but there's the story that happened and then there's and there's the story that happened. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And so listening to 
trying to listen to the heart of the story in someone and then to what I try to do with my poetry is to offer it back to them as a gift, mm-hmm. as, as this is, you have shared your story with me, let me mirror that back to you, mm-hmm. that you might see it in a new light, that, that you might see it through a new set of lenses. Mm. Well, I, I felt loved. Yeah, <clears throat> and I I think that's the biggest struggle is yeah. that we we don't ever view ourselves through through a loving lens. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I asked my uh, seven year old yesterday. She was looking yes. in the mirror and making all these faces at herself, and <laughs> yeah. and I said, "Baby, what do you see?" And she said, "What do you mean?" And she was a little embarrassed, you know, that yeah. I had caught her staring at herself in the, <laughs> in the mirror. Yeah. And, Don't we and, all do that? Though? Yes. Like faces in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, I think, I, I think it's common that at least middle-aged women don't like to look at themselves uh, in the mirror. Yeah, you know, it's a very, yeah. it's a terrifying and yes. somehow uh, unsettling yes. thing. And so to, you know, to see her, I said, "No, look, look longer. What do you see?" Yeah. And she said. I see I'm beautiful because I look like you. Oh, wow. And I said, and of course I, you know, started crying. And, <laughs> yeah. and I said, well, what part is your favorite? And wow. she's just started identifying each part of her and that wow. it, the heart of it came back to, she believes she is beautiful because I told her she is. And yes. because she looks like me, that made me feel beautiful hmm. to know that when she looks at herself, she sees her mother and that wow. that makes her happy. Wow. Which is so profound <clears throat> yeah. for, for me that comes from a, a place where I did not feel um, safe. Yeah. Uh, or when I looked in the mirror, I don't remember a time where I didn't feel unhappy. Yeah. And so to have someone give you the gift of what you were talking about, a poem, where you can see yeah. yourself reflected in... Yeah. Um, reflected with such a beam of light yes it changes everything you're talking about a rhythm you know or like yeah. um you're talking about um creating this this new way and in this heart way and, and all i could think about was it's it's really you slow yourself you gave me yeah. a rhythm through the poem uh-huh. where i was then i knew how to breathe again by like oh i just have to stay with this rhythm yeah. i can't go back to the swirling rhythm that says that i'm no good yeah you know yeah. or that this has no value you yeah. know i can then reflect on how i was seen by you and continue the breathing to that rhythm in my Mm. everyday life, which is really presence, presence, Mm. presence conquers fear. Yes. I I really, I love, I love the idea of the mirror that you just said Mm. in terms of your little girl. Mm. Um, And it feels like that's what, um, again, what poetry and photography, we'll get to your photography in a bit. Um, What our creativity is trying to do is hold up a mirror to someone's deepest identity, like their truest identity, and to remind them of who they really are, Mm. just like your daughter looked in the mirror. And we as adults, as you said, we have, like when we look at a mirror, we don't like to look, to really look at ourselves. Mm. Um, I think it's, was it Chesterton, G.K. Chesterton, Mm -hmm. who said that um, our, our perennial spiritual and psychological task is to look at things familiar until they become unfamiliar again. Mm. That those things most familiar to us become unfamiliar because we're so used to them. The the things that are around our house, like mm. the beauty that's around our house, or our mm-hmm. loved ones their, and their face, mm. or our own face mm-hmm. becomes so familiar to us, we, we 
it becomes unfamiliar and we don't mm. like to, as you said, we don't like to look at it, mm. to really look at it um, because of all the stuff comes up in us, be it shout or be it shame or, yes. or um, whatever it might be from your mm-hmm. life. And so if, if creativity then gets under someone's skin and whispers to them, this is you, like mm. this is who you are. This mm. is who you are. Don't forget who you are. I think about um, in Lord of the Rings. Yes. Lord of the Rings, Gollum is taking um, Frodo and Sam through the dead marshes. Mm. Uh, Frodo comes up to Gollum and he says, and he says to him, he wakes up one night, sees Gollum, he goes over and he says, Gandalf told me who you are. You were once just like us. You were once one of the river folk. I think he says something mm. like that. Um, you weren't this twisted creature. Your name, your name is Smeagol. And you see Gollum kind of, he says, what did you just say? And, and he says, your name is Smeagol. And you see, it's this beautiful moment in the movies, they capture it so well, mm. where Gollum's face lights up as he remembers who he is, <sighs> as, he, as he remembers that once before the ring had so broken him mm. that he was once Smeagol. That mm. was his, and that's his like core, truest identity of who he is before the the broken identity of Gollum happens. And and so then you have this, then the rest of the movie is the wrestle between his Smeagol self and his Gollum self and them fighting it out in quite hilarious ways. But um, it was this moment of naming, yes. naming his truest identity. This is who you are, Smeagol. You are not Gollum. You are not all this broken, broken, woeful Gollum that you have become. You are not that that you have been shaped into fractured into by the power of that ring yes you are Smeagol you are Smeagol Hmm. and that moment in the mirror with your daughter is your daughter looking at her Smeagol self and saying to you mum you're Smeagol like (laughs) wow remember your Smeagol does that make sense yes 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 I'm I mean I think I've been thinking so much about how you know, our, how our worth is really rooted in the way we remember things. You talk a lot yeah. about restoring and how the way that we remember things and we tell them shape who we become yeah. and the yeah. decisions we make and the relationships we have. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's just when I, when I think about why it's so hard to be present, because really what is the goal? That they then see themselves, right? Yeah. Uh, and we have, I have more stories about how, you know, women seeing themselves truly, but it's, it's very hard for it to happen. It's so impossible to Mm. be present. It's Mm. so hard Mm -hmm. because those things that make us golem or our, our trauma, it keeps us from being in, in the now because we have to be hustling so hard to get away from the things that we, that are terrifying and, and those things live inside us. Um, and, and I, when you were talking about, um, looking in the mirror, it made me think about a, um, you know, I'm, I'm doing all of this, uh, work on trying to heal from my own childhood trauma. And I found this term paper I had written when I was 18 and the very last sentence about it, it was about, uh, emotional, uh, abuse between fathers and daughters at the, my last sentence, I said, my great, I can't do this now, but my greatest hope is that someday I can look in the mirror and see my father looking back at me, you know, that we have the same eyes that I could see him wow. and smile. 
That was that is in my younger self. That was yeah. my hope and dream for my yeah. future mature self. Yeah. And now reading that twenty years later, um, it's the only thing that's made that happen is to to look at my broken self, right, yeah. and all those things. Realize that it, it, I was suffocating. Yeah. I wasn't necessarily broken. It was I was telling myself I was broken because I had been told that I had yes. believed it. Yeah. Um, but it was really a suffocation. Mm. And so remembering this art that you give and this art that we try to make, that it's with the goal of redemption, yeah. of, of people seeing their suffocation and choosing beauty yeah. it, it, a, as a choice yeah. um, against what their natural inclination would be you know being present always pulls me out of my fearful place but I'm it's so it's our natural thing to worry about the future or to reflect on the past in a way that maybe is not completely accurate to how it was right so how can we allow ourselves to once we've seen right once we have that you gave me the gift of that poem and I hold it close but it hasn't healed me completely right so so maybe it's I I am always asking people you know what what's your action plan (laughs) for staying in in the right now yeah because that's the only way to really be present with people that's why the camera you know most people recognize the importance of how time is slipping past them and uh by reflecting back you know so like instead of reflecting back or worrying about going forward how can we just be present with people Mm -hmm. to make art in the now make art in relationship and how can we be continually inspired friends i just want to let you know that The Deep Place podcast is sponsored by Whitley College, which is a theological college in Melbourne, Australia, uh, that I've had the privilege of of teaching in over the last four years, teaching in creativity and vocation and identity formation. It's it's a brilliant community of people who, who aren't afraid to ask the hard questions about life and faith and God and the world and and then to seek creative ways forward. It's a great place to study. You can check them out at www.whitley.edu.au. So I do this stuff that we're talking about through my poetry. I'm a poet, but you're a photographer and you're a videographer. Um, yeah. Is that the right words? Videographer? Filmmaker. Filmmaker, <laughs> or a film, filmmaker in, in general. Um, and you get to go around and you spend your life sitting with a family, stand, being with a family for a whole day Yes. and looking at their lives and being a part of their life for a whole day, filming them, mm-hmm. chatting to them, um, and then converting that, a whole day's experience of being with a family into art into creativity Mm. and then you give it back to them as a gift Mm. that's incredible that's exactly what we've been talking Mm. about yes well it's um the first time I did one of these sessions where it was all day, uh, mm. I, I started doing those because I just couldn't stand uh, being with people for a short time and trying to force everyone to smile and <laughs> be together and, yeah. and, and, and stop crying. Well, that's and, not real life. That's my family. We're <laughs> always smiling and together. Isn't that your well, family? you know, this was, I don't know, four years ago when I shifted yeah. it away from doing that. Now yeah. I, I still will do shorter sessions yeah. now, but it's yeah, yeah. really figuring out 
why the question that I ask people now when they hire yeah. me is, what do you need? Right. Um, what? Why now? Yeah. And and why me? Because it's I've made it clear that I don't take Christmas card pictures. And so yeah. why why did you choose this avenue? What do you need? And wow. and you know so most times people will say, oh, we haven't had pictures in this amount of time, or oh, I really wanted this. But really, when it comes down to it, yeah. they want they want. They want some sort of proof that either the beauty that's happening in their life is, is true, that it is actually happening, yeah. that they can have proof that it is happening, <laughs> yeah. happening, or they need an anchor to keep them from complete and total despair. Wow. And so one of the first ones wow. that I ever did was uh, they said, we want you to come and um, we're considering getting a divorce yeah. and um, come and show us what's worth saving. Whoa. That's and, a lot of pressure. Yes. And, wow. you know, I, it did feel like a lot of pressure yeah. until I arrived. Yeah. And they were, it seemed, a happy family. Yeah. And, um, and I realized, you know, as I spent the day with them and saw them living life together that, you know, it, they told me in this honesty that they were considering getting divorced. Yeah. But how many of my other clients also were in a fight the week before It's saying maybe they would get divorced and then yeah. they made up? I mean, or it just made me realize they were happy. They're still together. So that's a wonderful thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah. but um, to see them working hard to... Mm make a happy life for their children. And they were friends. They liked each other. They just yeah. thought maybe there was something that just, it wasn't there anymore. Yeah. And, um, and it was clear to me, I was so present. That's the thing about photography. When you are forced to sit and look at someone under a magnifying glass, yeah. literally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I see things that hurt me. And yeah. sometimes I see things that make me really sad. Yeah. And sometimes those are quiet moments where the families don't know that I hear them or that I see what's happening or I see their frustration. And then they're frustrated that they were frustrated and that they're frustrated because it was documented. And then how is that going to appear yeah. if one of the children has some sort of, you know, something happen and that they're thinking, oh, how will this be seen? And so the trust, yeah. you know, I've, I've yeah. learned how important it is that they know that they can trust me yeah. and that I am so present with them that I, I keep their gaze constantly yeah. all day yeah. so they don't have a chance to like look away and <laughs> double guess their worth yeah. or double guess that this thing that's being seen perhaps is being perceived differently or might be put into an audience where they would not be um, yeah. it wouldn't be shown in their most hmm. pleasant light yeah. um and so as soon as that, that would put the mask straight back on yes it would yeah. and so you know the beauty of being with the family for such a long period of time yeah. is that the masks eventually come off yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know I usually I'm there before they wake up in the morning and so yeah. you know they they don't have a chance to get ready I, it's I you know I say don't don't uh do not clean the house you yeah. know like yeah. and and I've learned this and I've I try to tell the, the especially the moms the moms are always thinking how will this be perceived yeah. or am I ready to be seen yes. am I and and most often they start with oh well I'm still carrying a little baby weight or you know they go they or I'm sorry, they're apologizing for things. And it's so important. I've realized it's mm. my job is not uh, documentarian. Mm. You know, my job is to remind them of, of why 
why they're doing what they're doing, why mm. they chose to have a family, because yeah. I know that's what I need, right? I do what yeah. I know I need. I need some sort of reassurance that I am not messing them all up, yeah. that I am not throwing away my life, that I am not, you know, and so when someone stands before you, when you're yeah. questioning yourself and looks into your eyes and says, yeah. these pictures I'm taking, they're you're beautiful, Mm. you know, to look in someone's eyes and say, you are so beautiful. And, and to say what, you know, and and oftentimes I will ask their children with them the same thing that I was saying about Clementine, my seven-year-old earlier and say, what do you love about your mama or what do you love about yourself? That's like your mama. And when the mom can see herself in motion in her child, all of the fear escapes. And I think that's, at least for me, when I can pull myself out of all of my swirl of self-doubt and I can see my worth in what I am giving, it's always in what I'm giving, you know, even with the art. So you giving me that poem made me want to give to other people. It made me want to write, not for the self-satisfaction of writing, but so that I could give my story to someone else and make them brave enough to tell their own. So when I stand before someone with this magnifying glass and I say, you're beautiful, I want them when they look at the picture to remember not what their makeup looked like that day, but they look at it and they, re- they hear my voice in their head saying, you are beautiful. But after I saw you speak (laughs) and I remembered that the little girl inside me loved writing, I thought, well, I need to figure out how to put poetry with my with my Mm. work in some way, because that then then it can add all these layers to the story. Like instead of it just being one layer of frosting, it can be an entire cake. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, like, because those are the things that create the beauty, all the multiple layers, right? Yeah, you do that so well, and you you layer your 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 words with music yeah. and with movement. Yeah, yeah, and then we got to layer some things together. Yes, between us. Yes. Um, so we've done two different films together. The first one is one around called Daffodils. Daffodils. Let's have a chat about yes. Daffodils. And then, and then Cartography is that the latest one. Okay, great. So this is our, our collab together, <laughs> bringing poetry and, yes. and film together. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, I knew I wanted to. I, I, once I saw you perform, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought... Oh, performance poetry. I would have never considered this. Yeah. You know, it's such a, it seems like you have to be very brave. And um, writing something like you were talking about, taking a, something that's very personal. Well, it. I wanted to write something deeply personal about my depression. Mm-hmm. And um, I knew how many people, I know how many people are hurting and struggling yeah. and or have someone that they love that's struggling. And yeah. Um, I, I felt, I, I knew I needed to write about that. And, and so I just, I began writing and I, um, and so I thought, okay, it's just words, right? What are the, the strongest, most simple words? Um, and so, you know, I, I wrote the poem and it was about how, I needed to rest, how I, I, I I believe the rest would bring the peace and I Mm. couldn't get there. And I knew that I pro- process best through written word as I yeah. write. And I know it's similar for you. Yeah. Um, 
And so I needed to get the words before I could make the film because I knew the words had to have great power because that was really the essence of it. The film was just bringing the words to life. I needed a narrative for myself Mm. to to take all of the swirling in in my head and to to make it into some sort of statement that I could repeat in times of feelings of total isolation. Yeah, wow. Um, and so, and, and, and it's why I picked daffodils as the symbol because yeah. it, me- it means so much to me anyway, but I, I wanted something that when people that had seen the film would see daffodils in real life, you know, they're yeah. the first flower that come up in spring. Yeah. They have a trumpet inside. They're, and they're the narcissus flower, which some, you know, the, my biggest fear as an artist is to be known as someone with an ego. Yeah. yeah. Um, and because I don't ever want it to be about me. I want to point them to something else, to yeah. something greater. Yeah. Um, and so, but the, these daffodils, they, they come up every spring as the first flower, no matter what, no matter if it's snowing or sleeting or yeah. raining or a storm, yeah. like they, they pop out of the ground with their trumpet. Trumpets, faith, they have a trumpet inside facing yeah. the heavens and they wow. sing their song wow. no matter what. Yeah. And they, no matter if someone judges them, they just mm. keep singing their song. Mm. They do what they were created to do. Yeah. And so I wanted people and myself, when I look at the daffodils, I just hear, I hear your voice in my head yeah. saying the poem. And that's my hope is that to create this layered experience that people can listen to, watch to, be, be, watch, be a part of, and then it will replay in their mind instead of the swirling of worry that, that, that your voice, that my mm. voice, that my image, your image, whatever it may be, takes mm. the place of the swirling and gives them an anchor. Mm. And I had Gracie, my, my oldest, yeah. speak it at first, and, and I loved it because it was so sweet mm. and innocent, and it felt very fragile, Mm. which is exactly how I felt. Mm. But then once I made the film, which you'll you'll see my girls crying and, um, yeah, it's such a visceral film. Yes. It's a, it's a song. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a poem about pain and and love. Yeah. Love is the thing that comes and wraps around the pain and helps something beautiful to grow beneath the darkness. Yeah. as I pl- so with the film then and with Gracie speaking it, I was thinking, oh, this is greatly powerful. But I, it needs to have like like the voice of God <laughs> is the best way I could describe it, or or um, the voice of of a of deep wisdom. Yeah. I wanted it to reach not just women. I didn't want it to reach just women like me. Yeah. Um, I wanted it to speak into the heart of everyone that was hurting that when they watched it, they could. Yeah. And so you're, you, you are my a voice of wisdom, <laughs> yeah. you know? And so, and I think that it was your voice in mm. this, like this, this deep knowing mm. this, this incredibly masculine, deep knowing paired with this fragile emotional beauty yeah. that created some sort of power. She dreamed of daffodils Within a fence built high around rocky soil Lost in toil you'll find her there A wall built to keep them out All of the burdens keep them out All of the blessings she's gone without This end This utter defeat Flowers crushed beneath rushing feet. 
trembling child, you are not alone. Love has come to bring you home, to turn your swords into shovels, melt icicles to puddles, do not struggle, be still now, child. Your heart is the greatest muscle. Breathe in. Breathe out. Breath is miracle in motion. Pain and joy living together, all of the pieces falling together. Rich harvest after rest. Love came down as a helping friend. She gently took you by the hand, planted truth into weary bones, allowed the blooms beneath your feet to grow. Now gather them up and give them away. The more you give, the more you gain. Knock down your fence. Love your neighbour. Help a stranger. Hug yourself. Scatter love, child. Like daffodils. Upon watching, people would first have no words at all. Yeah. And then for the people that I saw in, in person, that yeah. I saw watch it. Yeah. And they would often want to watch it again. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then they would just weep. Mm. And instead of the, exactly what we were talking about earlier, how the, I believe the most powerful art, right, brings about the deeper story within someone rather yeah. than focusing on the amazingness of the artist. Instead yes. of them saying, oh, this film is incredible, yeah. they instead would say... This is my deep story of pain, wow. yes, and it would just right. be it would it, it was it's though it was like escaping from them, and they couldn't stop it. Mm. It was art that created some internal reflection. Self reflection mm. is the most powerful tool that art, I think, can elicit. Right, mm. um, and it made them think about why that deep thing either needed love or um, how uh, what what it all meant. So I would say that it, it was a willingness for you because it came out of your pain. Like it came out of your depression, you said, mm-hmm. and you wrestling with that and struggling with that. And you mm. wrote you wrote out of that. And the way that you have written it is um, in a metaphorical kind of way around daffodils. and Yes. Um, which allows, like at a creative level, metaphor allows these these big broad things like if if poetry if you're writing is is actually about something quite huge like quite abstract Mm -hmm. um about self-worth about depression poetry is about all those big things around identity and how we see ourselves and about god and suffering and pain Mm -hmm. and love and those things are so hard to talk about yes and so that's why we use metaphor 
metaphor kind mm. of brings those big things down. It takes mm. big things and makes them small enough that we can hold them in our hands and see them. Yes. Um, and that's what I think that, that poem did so well. It was you mm. taking what was really you, that, that very specific concrete thing that is your story, kind of taking that, writing it out, broadening it out to a big story um, and then kind of linking it back down again to, to the metaphor then links it to a small story. So it's mm. kind of this, it's, it's a fascinating creative work where, where the small story that is you comes out and taps into the universal big story mm. and that universal big story then comes down into this metaphor of daffodils and becomes a really small story mm. again and it's in kind of those interactions it's where these big stories and these small stories are interacting and coming together and it's where your story and what I think you're noticing is it's where your story interacts with someone else's story mm. so that they're not coming up and saying that was a great film I loved that I loved the like some people may say the aesthetics of it or the whatever but what majoritively people were saying is is it was my story too yes they're saying it's it's like that they call poetry a form of half communication you're, you're coming halfway mm. with your story and then the listener the audience comes halfway with their story and it's in the interaction of those stories mm. that's where the magic happens yeah, and yes. that's what i think happens so well with this piece mm. Daffodils. Yes. Uh, we then began to create and collaborate again together on what became cartography. Yes. So cartography was my poetic piece. Mm -hmm. um, so it was something that I had written. Um, I'd written it for someone again. Mm. They were a writer doubting their writing mm. and trying to reflect on why they were doing their writing. And so I had written them a bunch of this piece that became cartography to remind them of that, mm. to remind them um, of why we write and what happens when we write. And so the story, it was like a, it was a dumping of sorrow onto the page wow. and, and remembering that and going, that's, that's why we write. We write mm. to go into ourselves and name the sorrow, the hope, the joy, the pain, the, um, I often talk about us who we are as as icebergs it's a common cliche to think about ourselves but i actually really like it in the sense of 20 percent of an iceberg that sits above the water oh, yeah. and 80 percent that sits below the water our 20 percent above is our projected self it's that self we want other people to see us as our facebook statuses our instagram photos our it's who we want people to to know us as but beneath the water is all the stuff people don't get to see mm. and and creativity is about going there. It's mm. about going into the stuff we don't want people to see sometimes or the stuff that people don't get to see. Yes. Um, and and cartography, the, the poem talks about it as it's it's helping us map the inside. Mm. It's helping us map those mountains of sorrow, those valleys, those rivers, those um, the forests that are too dark. Mm. Um, that's what what our creativity and our my poetry writing that's what i'm trying to do i'm trying to to craft a map of my inside life of other people's inside life of of 
the reality of our world and to again it's like that mirror that we were talking about at, when we were sharing at the start is it's holding up a a mirror in the form of a map to someone and saying mm. this is can you see can you see you and can you see um can you find your way home by this map? Oh, we so desperately all need a map. Yeah, yeah. It's a map that mm. allows people to name those realities in their life that they haven't had language for. Mm. And that's that's what I hope my poetry does, is is to give people language mm-hmm. for something that they haven't been able to name before. So cartography tries to do that, to, yes. to encourage us to look into the inner life and to begin to map it out. Because at times it just... It feels like a swirling, whirling black cloud of sometimes sadness and mm-hmm. depression. Mm-hmm. And um, and so to allow, to craft poetry, to write poetry, is to go into that place and begin to just to, to brush away the mist mm. and be able to, to name some of these cloudy things in our Mm. lives the cloudy things and the sunshiny things it's the Mm. it is our aching pain and our delicious hope to to um articulate them to name them then allows you to move forward with them it allows you to to process through them to engage with them but when it's just a murky mess it's just Mm -hmm. it's a murky mess but the artist has so I forget who it was who said it, but the artist has kaleidoscope eyes. Mm. We'll, we'll see the same things that everyone else sees, but then reassembles those things mm. into those bits and pieces into enticing new possibilities. I once saw a girl empty herself out upon a napkin. Ink met tears and the paper wept. She screwed it up, threw it in the bin and walked away. I could not help myself, reached in my hand, took out her crumpled story, laid it gently upon the table. See, paper is a precious thing. It is willing. It takes in upon itself our very wounds, our very wishes, our splotch and splatter, the blood of ink on paper, spilt lyrics like spilt milk, spilt rhythms, spilt rhymes. She spilt this time, so I leant over the words, studied the contours. This crumpled map of sorrow, a poetry spilt as mountains on parchment, a deep lake and a cut-through river, a valley where the lonely wander, a forest too dark. Guided only by the map of ink spilt on napkin, I found myself walking the edges of her life. Cartography is built on the premise, the reality can be modern. The stretch of a landscape laid flat out on the paper. We are sailors, and our ships are our craft. And the ocean is our imagination, and the wind that fills our sails is something that we know but can barely even name. Yet it drives us forward, a gale that began inside us. Every word is an island, every story is a mountain. Every time I speak, I am drawing this world for you. I am setting sail, a navigation. We are the map makers. Tracing lines of a land that others cannot see The uncharted and the unresolved There be dragons here 
There'd be shadow and nightmare. There'd be wonders. There'd be more beauty than you can contain. Map, direction, the way through, a rider, a cartographer. They are one and the same. So come sail with me. Be curious with me. Wonder with me. See artistry where others only see ugly. Pick up the parchment. Crumpled paper thrown into the waste bin. See it for what it is. A map to find your way on. Come sail with me. Come sail with me. So you took the words and you crafted a film. <laughs> Well, we were, yes, we were in Rhode Island uh, at the time. And so it was my two oldest children, nine or 11, nine and 11, um, Gracie and Brandon, and then my husband, Donnie and I, we were sitting there and we, we were so inspired to make a film. Mm. And, um, and so I, I always know that you are a birthplace of inspiration. Um, and so we went to your YouTube channel and just started watching, yeah. your performances yeah. and um and that was a new one that you yeah. I think you had just put up yeah, that I hadn't one. heard before yeah. and and we put it on and we we were all weeping and mm. and I realized I said what does this bring up for you and so each of us it brought up something completely different in all mm. of us obviously because mm. we're all so different mm. um but we thought how can we first of all we're so inspired. We just want to make it. I, I think I, we had already made it before I even asked permission. I, <laughs> hey, Joel, is it okay? I think I did. I texted you and I was like, ah, oh, well, I hope this is all right. Um, and you were gracious and said yes. Yeah. So thank you. Oh, um, <laughs> and so to have, and, and I think it goes back to it, it needed to have, a, it, that vessel needed to be paired with other vessels to, to make it so people could sit in it for a long time. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, the, the power when, when presence actually works mm. and it conquers all the, the demons that keep us mm. from writing the words, mm-hmm. um, it's because we're allowed to sit in something long enough for it to change us. And mm. so that's where I think film are mm. I didn't set out wanting to be a filmmaker I just kept edging closer to how can I get people to sit in something long enough to actually create a change within them people sit in front of their TVs all day and and they don't realize that what they're watching is changing them yes. um, and so to give people something of substance that does perhaps have the power to to elicit some deep shift um, or metamorphosis that can begin within them, well, let's figure out how to make it in the most powerful way we can. Um, and so that has become film for me because it's the blending of of voice, narrative, sound, rhythm, movement, um, emotion. Uh, it, it's just you can, it's like you give, in real life, you don't give yourself the permission to cry in front of someone else. Yeah. You hold it yeah. in. Yeah. But in, if you go to the movie theater and you yeah. sit in a seat, you just allow yourself to, to cry, to, to yeah, yeah, to gasp. And yeah. like, it's like, it's like, it's socially acceptable. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and yet it's rare that people go to poetry performances <laughs> yeah. and just sit and weep. Yeah. Yet I can take your poetry and put it into some form where people can sit in front of their computers at home where they don't have to be around people and they can allow themselves to have the feeling completely and then have some sort of self-reflection that comes and 
hopefully create art of their own that will then carry their story onward. But quiet may this be A sweet fire with me Till morning finds home again Yes, I'm as could be not many families who will sit around and say we have some time let's what do we want to be inspired by let's look at some poetry now let's create <laughs> out of that and talk about what it means for each of us and create mm. out of that and then and then your two kids become the two main actors within it <laughs> and you get to that's yeah. an incredible mm. gift for them mm. for everyone else to see a family that's not just like um what there's not many families who would do that. It's a wonderful testament to you and your crazy family. <laughs> well, it wasn't exactly planned. Yeah. You know, we just were thinking, well, what do you guys think? Like, how, yeah. what what would the film like this look like? Yeah. You know, like what is yeah. the story as as about? Like, who are yeah. the characters? And they said, well, you know, it's Gracie's the girl, of course. Yeah. You know, like it just they figured, of course, you know, like well, we of course we want to be a part of this because yeah. this is awesome, yeah. you know. And we, you know, how you were talking about sail, sail mm. with me, you know, mm. and mm. and we were staying on the water, and mm. so there were all these. What we were ex- what we were surrounded by was yeah. brought to we were brought to be fully present in it yeah. by meditating yeah. on your words. Yeah. So when we went to the sea, we weren't just there to be like, okay, we we came to the spot. Mm. You know, we went to the sea with great purpose mm. that we were going to document something that would uh, it would say something. You know, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. and so Brandon, when he, you know, when he's reaching his hand up to Gracie on the yes. stairs, you oh. know, saying, "Let me love you, yeah. <laughs> to, to speak your story to me." Let me, you know, yeah. this this really crucial moment of her deciding if she will allow it to happen. Yeah, and and that the crumpled story can become a mm. great mm. novel. Mm. It's it. He he felt it yeah. so. He, he felt the importance. He knew wow. that he was standing there and that he, his shoulders were back and he lifted his hand up wow. and his smile was authentic yeah. where he said, come sail with me. Yeah. You know, he was like, come on, Gracie. That's their relationship at home where she's always in her room writing yeah. and, and she has tons of books full of stories. And, yeah. and so, you know, she knew she was the one who held back, you know, yeah. uh, and, and so that was a true moment where he's like, mm-hmm. just come play with me would you and she's like ah but I'm so much safer in my closet with my desk upstairs and my paper I don't want to and he's like just come on and then and so you can see him giggling in the scene and and she goes and in you know it's it it was it's a moment they had that was really special This is how we became friends. (laughs) This is how we became friends is that I, it kind of feels like I gave, offered a gift to you. Yes. And then you offered one back. You Mm -hmm. offered to take words and craft them Mm -hmm. into visuals and film. Mm -hmm. And, And that, for me, that's a beautiful 
um, I love that, that that's how we came together that, yeah. and essentially then that's how this podcast mm. came together is is a willingness to take our creativity to not keep it to ourselves but to do it as a gift to this world mm. to craft what we feel is uh, the, the deep stuff mm-hmm. that in our, in our sometimes very shallow world um, that we could craft that give it to each other as almost a symbolic picture of, of giving it to the world and that's what I mean it brought us two together but I'm yes. just thinking broader now like mm. isn't that what will bring mm. us together that willingness to give yeah. of ourselves to other people in, in yes. general I remember when I, I looked at your computer one time when we were sitting together yeah. and you were working and I saw all of these windows open yeah. and there were so many different things you were writing <laughs> and, and I mean uh, so many different kinds of things yeah. And, yeah. and you felt that each one was so important and I looked at that and I was like wow, he's doing this no matter what anyone thinks. Mm. And you're just doing it because you have to do it. Because if you don't do it, who knows where you would be. And so that's what I think we hope that this podcast can be, is that we encourage other people to give and to take the daffodils that are growing and pick them and give them away. And that, friends, is a wrap on the very first episode of the Deep Place podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Feel free to go and subscribe to the podcast feed and you can also join the Deep Place podcast Facebook group to continue on the conversation. As we begin this podcast, we'd love your help in getting the word out there about it. So please go and tell your friends, both in the real world and in social media land, all about it. We'd love to have as many listeners as we can. And you could also go over to iTunes and give us a rating and a review. Um, All that stuff really helps. The other thing would be that if you have liked what you've heard and if you want to hear more, if you want to support what we are doing, uh, we'd love your support. You can you can go to patreon.com backslash the deep place podcast and there you can sign up to become a patron of this work to offer a monthly amount that goes to the producing of this show and to allowing us to to bring this message out into the world. Uh, if you feel like you can do that, that would be wonderful. To see more of our stuff, including the videos we featured in this first episode and the Welcome Home poem that was at the start of the episode, you can find us both on Instagram and Facebook and you can see Joy's work at at www.theproutys.co and my own at joelmacero.com. Also, the music from today's episode is all from Joshua Furmeister. You can find more of his brilliant music at joshf.com.au. This has been the Deep Place Podcast with your hosts, Joel McCarrow and Joy Prouty.